Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. This is Terrence Wilson, lead pastor of Cool Church. And we're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we want you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message with our very own Pastor Joanne Wilson. How many of y'all happy to be in God's house today? How many of y'all know who your God is? And how many of y'all know he loves you? And what's your response to that? Hallelujah. You know, before I go into all of this, you know, we're talking about gratitude and we're in this season in a couple weeks or whenever is it, what is it? Like a week, we'll be celebrating Thanksgiving. So of course, this week already, jeez. Listen, I don't know what day it is. I know today's Sunday, but I just want to give honor where honor is due. Um, And in the spirit of gratitude, I want to say thank you, Mom. My mom is here with us. Why don't you give it up for Mommy? Look, Mommy got to stand up and wave. Look at her, look at her. That's Queen Mommy. You know, I don't give you enough thanks, Mom. I don't tell you enough, but um, there may have been so many things that have happened in our lives, Um, some tough, some not that pleasant, but you did one thing in my life that has changed me and that I will thank you for the rest of my life, and that has introduced me to Jesus. I am strong. I'm a strong woman because a strong woman told me about Jesus. So thank you, Mom. I love you so much. You do a lot of other things, but that's the one that matters the most. And I love you so much, Mommy. Today I'm going to get right into it because we got a lot to cover. God has dropped a word in me that has shaken me, took off my edges. I had to... I had to pull them back today because it was too much. And so hold on to your lace fronts because it's about to be a bumpy ride. We're going to read today from 2 Chronicles 20. And in case y'all don't know, I am Joanne Wilson, and I have the uh, great pleasure and blessing of being married to the hottest husband in the entire world, Pastor Terrence. I mean, y'all ain't going to... What's that? That's a petty clap. It's okay, y'all could do that. But ladies, don't scream, just clap. Just clap. You could clap. Keep it, keep it cute. What's up, fam, online? We love you. We're gonna read from 2 Chronicles 20. Listen, I ain't got no chill. So just for all of you uptight people that came here all, all tight and proper, just Loosen up. Loosen the cheeks. It's okay. We're going to have some fun here. It's all right. Second Chronicles 20, verse 14. Then the spirit of the Lord came on Jahaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, and the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah. These names, listen the son of Mataniah, a Levite and descendant of Asaph, 
as he stood in the assembly. Verse 15, he said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Come on, amen. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. Jehoshaphat bowed down on his face to the ground and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshiped before the Lord. Then some Levites from Kahotites and Karohites stood up and praised the Lord, the Lord God of Israel with a very loud voice. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, Judah and the people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of an army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And verse 22, as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were defeated. The Ammonites and Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir. That's the enemies against enemies to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering them from Seir, the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. Amen. If you're taking notes today, I want to talk about the weapon of gratitude. Let's pray. Father God, God, thank you. Thank you for fighting our battles. Thank you for being there. Thank you for the relationship that we get to have with you, Lord Jesus. God, I pray that this message just resound in the minds and the hearts of all of your people, God, and they may never shrink in fear when they face enemies, God. God, I pray that your word encourages them, gives them strength, gives them boldness and power to face anything in their lives. In Jesus' name and all of God's people said, amen. Come on. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to call on y'all, so y'all be on it. Y'all be ready. Well, ever feel like you are always fighting a battle? Like there's always a battle to be fought. And you know what? This week we saw the justice system in this country play out. And I know that question may hit differently, especially this week. The truth is, is we're always going to have battles in our lives. And some we're going to see and some we don't see. What am I talking about? Well, Ephesians 6.12 tells us that the battles that we face in our life are not just physical, but some of them are spiritual. As a matter of fact, most of them will be spiritual. And it's happening. Those battles are happening in and around us. In this story, we read how King Jehoshaphat 
fought against an army that was greater than his. The enemies greatly outnumbered him. And to make matters worse, the enemies joined forces. So other enemies of, of his and uh, started to join forces, which created this sort of super army. And some people came to the king to warn him that this super army was on the way to destroy him and all of his people. Jehoshaphat started out with fear, so he was afraid, rightly so, uh, because the Judean army, which was his army, was much smaller and much more insignificant in comparison to the huge army that was coming his way. How could such a tiny nation withstand the attack of these more powerful and these large um, enemies? And I think that that's a question that we can relate to today. How do we win the battles in our lives that seem bigger, longer, and harder in our lives? How do we win? How, how, do we, how do we win against these things that seem too big for us? And I think that we can look to this story for a template for the cheat code to be able to walk through those battles. See, at first we see, you know, what Jehoshaphat did. As we read, we see what he did. And one thing I'll say is that what he didn't do was panic. He didn't. He didn't lose himself. He didn't forget who he was. He didn't freeze. Don't freeze, right? He does four things as the threat was coming. Jehoshaphat, he recognized his fear. He set himself to hear from the Lord. He proclaimed a fast. He gathered the people together to hear what God was saying, was, had to say to him. And then he declared, man, I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to set our eyes on you, Lord. I believe this response to the threat of his enemy was driven by one thing, and that was his gratitude. His gratitude is what changed his perspective. And that's what's so important. And that's why gratitude is such a weapon. Throughout the story, we're seeing and we're reading about how King Jehoshaphat led his army with a heart of gratitude. And you say, how? Well, let's go through it. Here's what gratitude gives you when you're in the battle. The first thing is that it helps you remember. It helps you Remember, see, this was not the first time that King Jehoshaphat has faced um, a battle. Right before these sets of this, this story, we see how King Jehoshaphat had, he, he made a sort of an alliance with another king who happened to be an enemy of God. That's not a really good alliance, is it? So he, he, he makes, he partners, in essence, he partners with King Ahab. And that partnership almost cost him his life. And it was God who rescued him out of that situation. So when he's faced with this new threat, he remembers who saved him the last time. Amen? So it was his gratitude that helped him to remember. And God's reply as Jehoshaphat goes to the Lord and, and tells him, I don't know what to do. You know what God's reply is? He says, through the prophet, he says, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's. Because he remembered and turned to God, because as he hears that, what do you think he felt? He had to feel 
confidence, didn't he? So as he remembered and turned to God, God gives him confidence. Remembering gives you confidence because how many of y'all know you can't go into a battle with an attitude of de defeat? You can't. You got to have confidence if you're going to win against a battle. So confidence, God gives him confidence because confidence goes a long way in a fight. See, the confidence didn't come from what he could do for himself, but the confidence came from what God had already done in his life. Amen? The reason why so many of us are losing or they, we lack confidence is because we're relying on our own strength. I remember way back, way, way, way back, a long time ago when I lived right here in Miramar, um, I used to run track for Pines Middle School. Listen, I'm way... And we were running against Perry Middle. I don't even know if Perry... Is Perry still around? So, yeah, Perry. We were running against P Perry. And I was... You know, I, it was time for my race and everything. And it was crazy because before my race, I had seen the other team. And they just looked so much bigger and more... Uh, just more seasoned and, and prepared and stronger and faster. And I was like, I remember there was this one girl. I mean, she was, she was diesel. I'm like, what? They take steroids in middle school? Like, this was middle school. And I was like, how in the world are we going to beat this team? I mean, they look like they are ready for the Olympics. And, you know, at one point, this, this is, as I'm, 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 surveying the team and before the race and I'm just like Lord I just gotta pray because there is no way that we are gonna win this so I'm praying and I'm trusting God and of course it comes time for my race and I've said this some of you probably have heard this story before from me before but this was literally the first time and actually the only time in my life that I felt the literal hands of something supernatural touch me like, I, to, this, to the day I die, I will tell it the same way. Something literally touched me. So we're going through the race, and it's, 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 it's our race and everything, and I get the baton. It was a relay. And, of course, I got to go against the steroid girl or guy. I'm, I wasn't really sure. And, and, okay, you know, she got the baton before me, and she was out. And I get the baton finally and I'm running and you know, it's, it's all good. And I'm just like, I don't know what it was. At some point I felt the literal hands, I felt palms on, on my back pushing me. Never, never has this ever happened to me or any experience like this. I promise you, I felt hands push me. And at some point, I felt like my feet, I was going so fast that I didn't even feel the ground underneath my feet anymore. It felt to me like I had to be floating. I'm like looking like, what is going on? And all of a sudden, I'm like passing by a cock diesel girl. I was like, oh my gosh, steroid girl. And of course I win and I'm just like shocked and literally as I crossed the finish line, I was out. I passed out, I was on my back. It was like, I was done. And I just remember that after that race, no one could tell me nothing. Like, I was it. Like, I went to every other race after that with so much confidence because I already knew what God had done in that situation. 
You know, it may seem insignificant, this little middle school track race, but here I am, years later, y'all don't need to know, years and years, I mean, it's, it's over two decades, we all know, my, my 40th was publicly announced, thanks Terrence. But it may seem so insignificant, but 20 years, decades later, it still gives me goosebumps. I still get chills thinking about that situation. And it fuels me today knowing that there is nothing my God will not take me through. And if he did it for me before, he's going to do it again. I don't know what you're battling today. Maybe it's not this big old army. Maybe it's not a little track race, but maybe your battle looks like addiction to some kind of substance or, or alcohol or something that just keeps you, that has a hold on you. Maybe it's a toxic relationship. Maybe it's a rigged system that keeps people oppressed because of the, their gender, the color of their skin, or their class. Maybe it's insecurity powered by something that may have happened in your past. Maybe it's thoughts or feelings as you know, of jealousy as you're scrolling through pages. Doesn't seem like your life looks as good as theirs. Maybe you're in a battle with your mind. There's a lot going on there. Maybe it's a health issue. I want you to remember, remember the God who has done so much for you in your life. Because it's when you remember that you start to shift your perspective. And maybe you're hearing me and you don't think, or you can't remember anything that um, he's done for you. Maybe you're, you're new, somebody invited you and you don't really know what God has, has done for you. Well, let me be neutral in my examples, right? Something simple that all of us, no matter who we are, our class, our religion, our race, our culture, creed can relate to. The breath in your lungs. You, they didn't get there because of anything that you did. You didn't wake up on your own today. You who are with me in this room or watching online, this assembly in some parts of the world will have you killed. Our very existence is because of God. What am I saying here is we all have something to remember God for. We have something to be grateful to God for. Every single one of us. And the greatest enemy of gratitude will always be our forgetfulness. It's gratitude that helps us remember. Another way that gratitude helps us in a battle is it keeps us in a winning position. I want to turn back to the text here. It says in verse 17, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out, go out to face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground and all the people of Jerusalem and Judah fell down and worshiped before the Lord. See, Jerusalem, um, Je Jehoshaphat did not turn to his commander of the army. He didn't turn to his money. He didn't turn to swords or strength of his armies. What did he do? He turned his attention to God. 
He dropped everything and he sought the Lord. He commanded a fast throughout the land. This was a man who had direction. When your battles, I want you to hear me, when your battles are bigger than you, you need to get into position. Position yourself in front of someone who is greater than anything you'll ever face. Our God is greater than all of our battles. Our God is more powerful than our enemies. Our God is everything. He owns the heavens and the earth. He, it's all his. He is bigger than your enemies. God didn't tell them to stay home. He didn't tell them to sit around. What did he do? He said, get into position. You might think that because the promise was that he's going to fight the battle, that, you know, he would have said, sit at home and pray. Or, 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 or sit around and just, just, just do nothing, right? They may, you may think that him fighting the battle means you do nothing. But God wanted them to go out against the enemy to face the battle because he was going to use them in his win. God isn't calling us to fight. He's calling us to get in position. Too many of us are losing the battle because we're in the wrong position. Some of us need to get down on our faces. We need to get in front of the one who's bigger than anything that we're going through. Amen? And some of us need to follow instructions. We have a hard time following instructions, don't we, masks? I recently um, won a whole bunch of grants and all that, and we've, we've talked about that before. And I remember for one of the grants, I was talking to one of the people from the decision committee, and I asked her, I was like, what was it that that had you guys choose my application. Why did we win? And you know what she told me? She didn't tell me that we had the best business idea or that you know we had the best chance of using the funds for, for growth or whatever it was. She didn't say any of that. You know what she said? She said, you were one of the only ones that followed instructions. Isn't that something? Sometimes the difference between winning and losing is how well we follow instructions. Man, we need to get on our face. God tells us to get before him, put him first. No matter what we're going through, we got to go before a God that is bigger than anything that we're going to. Amen? Stop running to the left and right. Stop running to people to help you out of, their, out of your problems and your, your battles. It's only God that you can win, with God that you can win. Amen? Obedience is actually a winning strategy. What a thought. What is he telling you to do? What is God telling you to do? Your obedience will put you in the right position to win every single time. You got to surrender to his plan for your life. Some of y'all are having so much problems because you th think you can do it on your own, on your own strength. And that's great. You're, you, you're good and all. But oh my God, we have somebody that is greater than any one of us in this room. Amen? We got to let go and let God do what he believes needs to be done to solve our issues, our problems, our battles. That's if, I'm also going to say this, if he decides they're worth fixing at all. 
Because understanding that the battle is not yours but the Lord's also means that we understand that sometimes he's going to choose not to engage. And we don't want to hear that. We don't want, that doesn't always feel good. But it means that sometimes the greater benefit to us is, to, is our characters, is our character development and the lessons that we learned when we go through those things instead of a surface victories in whatever situation that we can be. But you know what? You only see that perspective with gratitude. And as the band comes back, the, another thing that gratitude gives you in the battle is faith. Gratitude activates our faith. It says in verse 19, and we read it, then some Levites and Kohathites and Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, in a very loud voice. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa, and as they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, Judah and the people of Jerusalem, have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. Faith is active. Faith impacts your praise. See, Planet Shakers, they're a worldwide worship group, and they put it this way. I love this. It says, praise is an act of faith. Praise is not just singing upbeat, loud sounds, but rather a faith-filled declaration of God's power and nature in the face of impossible circumstances. It attracts a supernatural power of heaven to bring breakthrough. Our praise is actually a weapon, one of the most powerful you can ever use. But this weapon can only be activated by faith. Verse 22 in the text tells us, as they, begin, as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The Ammonites and Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they decided to destroy one another. Do you really understand what's happening here? They started killing each other. The enemy started killing each other. They were so confused by the praise that they just didn't even know what to do that they started killing each other. I feel like somebody needs to start praising so your enemies will be confused and they just gonna start killing each other. Those enemies, you don't have to fight them. They gonna fight each other. When you're full of faith, you can't help but to praise. A heart full of praise produces a mouth full of worship. Hallelujah. Gratitude fills your heart. This is how it goes. Gratitude fills your heart. Faith changes your mind. And the only response is praise in your mouth. When God hears our authentic praise, he responds with his presence. And when God is present, no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. Amen? But we can't just profess faith. It looks good. We were in worship. Everybody was in the presence of God worshiping. It all sounds wonderful. We can't just worship when on a Sunday when we're among believers, right? That's nice and cute. We got to actually walk this thing out. We got to go back home to our situations 
or go back to hospital rooms or go back to our jobs where there's, where there's conflict or wherever our atmosphere, our situations take us. We got to go back to that. We got to walk this out in the face of our battles outside this space. What would happen if you broke out and song in praise in that hospital room? What would happen if you started to praise as you were facing that next drug hit? What would happen? What would happen if you stopped scrolling and comparing your life and actually put the phone down and thank God for what you have? What would happen if you filled your home with an atmosphere of praise to break the toxicity? The toxicity? What would happen? What would happen if all the real people of God stood together, united, worshiping, and praising God in the face of a racist system? What would happen? He would set the captives free. That's what we witnessed this week. We got to use our weapon. Gratitude is a weapon. You know what's funny? It's funny how we scream in fear. When we're scared or we're going through something, we scream. That's a sound we're reaping. You know what we're doing when we do that? We're worshiping our enemy. We're worshiping the battle. How about we start to worship the one that will deliver us from all of our battles, amen? What does a room full of people of God sound like when they worship, huh? What does that sound like? You know what's so interesting is that in the beginning of the message, I read these verses and I thought, a few of these verses, and I thought, God, why do I need to include all of this? Because that's a lot of verses. What do you want us to understand here? And the verses I'm talking about is, is, is verse 14. That was the beginning of the text. And it says, the spirit of the Lord came on Jahaziel, son of Zechariah, and the son of Benaiah, and the son of Jael, and the son of Mataniah, a Levi and descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly. Part of me said, let me skip all that because I don't want to have to stumble all of these names. Like, it's just too much, right? These names are crazy. And I felt the spirit of God told me, oh, honey, you research, research these names. And I did. Y'all want to hear what they mean? Jaziel, God sees. Beniah, God builds up. Mataniah, gift or hope of the Lord. Jael, God will live. Asaph, gather. And here's what I believe he's telling us today. Ready? God is saying, I see you. These things are happening because I'm building you up. Have hope in me because I live. And as long as I live, all you need to do is gather and worship. That's a word of the Lord for everyone here today. If you know that God is alive, you are in this gathering. What is your response? What is your response? Come on. What is your response? Worship. Worship your God. Worship your God. What is your response today in the face of your battles? What is your response when you don't know what else to do? What is your response when the battle is too big, too long, too hard? It's beyond you. 
What is your response? Come on. I wish some people in this place would start to re respond. Hallelujah. 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 Whatever battle that you're facing today or tomorrow, because we're all going to face battles in our lives, always remember gratitude. Because gratitude is the weapon that will help you win with God. Because it's going to help you remember, it's going to keep you in the right position, and it's going to activate your faith. But one last thing it does is that gratitude leads us to salvation. Y'all are already standing. But for those of you who don't already know and have not accepted this gift of salvation, let me explain to you why this gratitude should lead you to salvation. Romans 3.23 tells us, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all done things that we're not proud of and that has keep, kept us from God, hasn't we? haven't we? Our faith for those things is eternal death because without God we're dead we have nothing else after this and thankfully God offers us life John 10 10 tells us I have come that they may have life and have it in abundance but how did he do this it says in Romans 5 8 he proves his own love for us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us it is because of the cross that he gives us life. That's how we're able to live. This is a gift that none of us deserve. We receive this gift by faith alone and it is a choice that we all have to make. Because if you say yes to God, you also, you also have a choice to say no to God, amen? So if you don't say yes, it is you saying no. Faith is a decision of your heart. And Romans 10.9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
now that you know what Jesus did for you, that is die on the cross for you, despite all the things that you've done to keep you from God, he says, I can give you life and life more abundantly if you say yes to me. So if you've never said yes to God, now is the time to show your gratitude by saying yes. By a show of hands, maybe if you're already standing, most of the room is standing, why don't you close your eyes right now? By a show of hands, if you've never said yes to God and today you realize that you, you should be grateful or you realize that you are grateful because you've heard the truth of what he's done for you despite your condition or despite what you've done in the past, why don't you raise up your hand right now if you want to say yes to Jesus in gratitude for what he's already done for you. Hallelujah. Won't you raise it up high, high, high. And maybe, maybe you've forgotten all that he's done for you. Maybe you needed a reminder of all the things that he's taken you through, all the battles that he's fought before. I want you to raise your hand if you forgot up until today. We're going to pray together. Why don't you, maybe everybody in this room, put your heart on your, your hand on your heart and we're going to pray. First, for those who have never accepted Christ into their life, pray this with me. Dear God, everybody, dear God, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I've sinned. I'm not proud of it. I lay those things at your feet. And I don't want them anymore, God. I want you in my life. Thank you for saving me, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And for those of us who forgot until today, let me pray with you right now. Father God, I thank you for this word, Lord, that jogged my memory, that shook me up and reminded me of all the great things that you've done in my life, Lord. Lord, I pray that my heart be filled with gratitude, God, and that whenever I'm faced with any kind of battle, God, that I will always remember you and that I will do what your word told me to do, that I will get in position, Lord, that I will consult you, that I won't look to the left or right or scream in fear, God, but that I will call your name and I will proclaim your goodness, God. Because if you've done it before, you will do it again, God. And I say thank you. Thank you for all the battles, Lord, that you've won for all of us, God. And the ones that you will win in the future, God, I pray that we never forget who you are. We never forget what you've done, Lord. And that we're driven by hearts of gratitude. God, our response is hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. May praise forever be in our mouth and all of God's people said amen 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 oh come on y'all can do better than that thank you so much for tuning in to hear more messages like this one please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel and if you like what you heard please consider sharing with your friends and family to be a blessing to their lives as well 
Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.